everyone, Dr. Gwen Shietta here. Welcome to Life on Your Terms. Today I am thrilled to talk with Sam Conaway. He is the president of U.S. Cardiology Sales for Boston Scientific. But that is not where he started. Sam grew up in Baltimore in a tough neighborhood. He says the only thing that really kept him safe was the fact that he was a baseball star and was sort of untouchable. But that baseball dream got derailed through an injury, and Sam ended up working in a laundry room of a hospital in Washington, D.C., That's where the story just begins to get interesting. Sam had big dreams, worked hard, and was inspired through love and family values and passion. And that took him where he is today. I'm going to talk with him about his path, how it connects to the 7L framework. And there are many gems that we can all apply in our own lives. Dreaming big is just one of them. So let's jump in and get started. Hi, Sam. I am so thrilled that you are here on the show today. Welcome to Life on Your Terms. Thank you, Gwen. It's uh, great to be here. I'm excited as well. I am so excited. And I just, before we start, really, Sam, I wanted to give a little shout out to our mutual friend, uh, Barry McKinney, who connected us. I'm so grateful. Uh, He is someone who is definitely living life on his terms with his wife, Kathy. So when he watches this, just wanted to say a little thank you to Barry. (laughs) Thank you, Barry. And I hope you're enjoying that boat trip, sailing trip. (laughs) I wish I was there, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> I know. I know. I know he's smiling. He's going to be smiling when he sees this. Um, you know, I'm, I've been so excited for so many reasons, uh, Sam, about about your story. I know a, a little bit, but I purposely just wanted to save all of the, you know, the, the juicy, just uh, wonderful details for today's interview. Um, but to get us started, you know, give me a little background on the work that you're doing now. Let's start, let's start in the present, and then we're gonna, we're gonna okay. go back a little bit through time, but for the audience that, that doesn't know, tell us a little bit about what is your role? What are, you, what are you currently doing? What is the focus of your work? Yes, so Gwen, it's, it's a really uh, important work. Um, as you know, um, we are involved in medical devices and um, the beautiful thing about it, it uh, deals with uh, patients that suffer from cardiovascular disease, which is the number one killer, unfortunately, of all people, men, women, people of color, uh, ethnicity, etc. cetera. Um, and um, Boston Scientific is where I work. I am the president of the sales organization. And uh, bottom line is we bring life-saving intervention and innovation to patients. And um, we have taken a lot of things that have historically been done under surgery and taken them to minimally invasive uh, devices and implants. And it's just revolutionized the space. Uh, For instance, many years ago, when you needed an aortic valve replaced, you would have to have your cut, your chest literally sliced open, uh, put on bypass. And now we go right through your femoral artery and we put it up in about 25 to 30 minutes. And so we have really um, been involved in innovation. Uh, The second part of my work at Boston Scientific is around health equity. And so I'm the chairman of a group called Close the Gap. And this is where I really get excited because as you know, in the United States in particular, there is a big disparity 
in how people are treated in terms of health care. And people of color, women, are often not given the same level of care. And so what we do is we partner with hospitals and systems and patients and communities to make them, one, aware that there is a big disparity in, in, in heart disease, make them aware that uh, heart disease is the number one killer of all people, and that it's important that they seek care and seek um, really a primary care physician to understand where they, where they are in that continuum of cardiovascular disease. So that, that work is just so fulfilling because we are giving back and helping people who otherwise would not get care in the United States. God, both of those things are so important. And as the daughter of uh, 80, you know, my dad was 80 something, actually. I think one of the things you're referring to is Tabor, right? That, Tabor. Uh, Tabor. Tabor. Yeah. And he, my, my father actually had that done um, in his late 80s. And thankfully, he's wow. now going on 92 and um, still even gets out on the golf course a little bit. So, right. uh, de- you know, definitely a huge improvement and saving lives. And the other work is so important. I think there was so much awareness around the equity issues. Um, even when COVID came out, I think it ra- raised awareness even more about, um, you know, inequity. So thank you right. for all the wonderful work that you're doing. And, um, you know, but you didn't, you didn't just sort of start out here, right? You know, Sam, sometimes, you know, young people look at, look at us as adults and, and just assume, right, we've just always been in these jobs and always, you know, had these roles. Um, but you have a very interesting start to your career path. I mean, take us back to really kind of to the beginning of, um, you know, you you kind of came to this fork in the road. I'll let you tell it your way, but I know you were on this other path of, of sports and you were an athlete um, and then life, you know, happened and uh, you ended up somewhere else, which was the beginning really of your, of your journey. So, so take us back to the beginning of your story. Thanks, Gwen. I, I, I think that the first thing I'll say is it's definitely not traditional in terms of, getting to the point where I am today as, as the president of a, many, a major medical device company. And um, I want to say that, you know, for everyone listening, um, to think there's a straight line or a formula or a way that you always get to where you want to be, uh, oftentimes it's not. It's a crooked road. It's uh, many twists and turns, ups and downs, lessons learned along the way. But um, as a young man, um, I grew up in a pretty challenging area in Baltimore. And um, a beautiful thing, uh, but a very challenging thing in that um, it was a lot of uh, growing up that you did very early because you were exposed to so many things. Um, I had two beautiful parents. Uh, My mom was a gospel singer and she worked uh, in the hospital uh, in uh, the billing department. Just a beautiful person from uh, a place called Turner Station in Baltimore and gospel and singing and the church was a very important part of our life. And then my father, who met my mom, um, he was in the military. And as the story goes, he kind of stole her from her environment, if you will. And uh, he was also from Baltimore, uh, but a very strong man. Um, but he didn't have an education. He dropped out of school uh, at, eight, at eight years old. And I hate saying that he didn't have education because he did have an education. He had a life education. And oftentimes that's more valuable than having a formal education or reading things in a book 
uh, having that life experience can uh, really uh, allow you to do well in life. And so in that environment uh, in Baltimore, um, we were underclass for sure and lived in a very tough neighborhood with drugs, uh, a lot of uh, crime. And for me as a young kid trying to survive in that, um, you had to fit in. Uh, if you didn't fit in, then you were beat up, you were ostracized, uh, all the things that you hear about in some of these uh, challenging neighborhoods. But I had one thing going for me, and that uh, was a baseball player. And um, in these neighborhoods, uh, if you've played sports, like a basketball player or a baseball player or any kind of sports, you literally got a pass. And what I mean by that is you weren't expected to, to, to join the gang or, or, or rob people or whatever because they wanted you to do well. You were promising in that neighborhood and you were always at practice or you were always on the baseball field and you just had a chance not to be involved. And I would say that that was a blessing for me. Uh, as a young kid, because I didn't have the pressures to do all the things that would have probably derailed my life and certainly impacted my life in a very negative way. And I will say that probably 90% of my friends that grew up in that uh, environment um, either ended up in jail, um, they ended up on heroin. Um, back then, crack was a, a big drug of choice. Um, and then a lot of them, unfortunately, because they were sharing needles at that time, as you know, in the uh, 70s, 80s, um, the HIV virus uh, took the lives of many people from sharing needles. And so um, I can remember many of my friends who unfortunately did that. And so I ended up um, unfortunately not doing that. Um, but being exposed and baseball got me out of the harm's way. And then, uh, unfortunately, in the 12th grade, because I was a pitcher a lot of my career, and um, I think I told you that I had to pitch during uh, kind of the constructive uh, games or, you know, in the, in the regular games, but I was also asked to kind of play in the neighborhood games also uh, to kind of survive. And so I, yeah, I was doing double duty. So I ended up throwing the baseball a lot. And at the end of the day, I tore my rotator cuff and uh, it was a pretty bad injury. And I went from throwing the baseball, you know, 85 to 90 miles an hour to 50. And I just wasn't viable anymore for um, a college recruit and kind of uh, really blew uh, my opportunity. And I was really at a crossroad then because I found myself now with way more time on my hands, um, not being seen as that that next level person uh, out of my neighborhood getting into sports. And um, I will tell you, I did retract a little bit and, and got involved with some things that maybe I'm not as proud of. But um, I ended up getting a job in the laundry at the hospital uh, in Washington, D.C. And that turned out to be really the turning point for me in my career um, for a lot of reasons. One, um, I was mature and I had seen just about everything. And unfortunately, in the laundry, a lot of the workers were uh, from, uh, from uh, workers who have been incarcerated or people who have been on drugs. And for instance, on a Friday when they got their paycheck, um, they just went and bought drugs and, and got high. And by Monday, they were broke again. Um, and so, I got a chance, though, being in that environment, um, but because of where I came from, 
I knew how to manage myself and I didn't get involved in that. And then, um, you know, I, I had the opportunity to uh, get a, a chance to go into cardiology, but I want to stop there because you probably have another question because I could go on, but um, really I, I do. Well, that was the crossroads. <laughs> And I, it's amazing. I have, there's so many questions uh, that I, that I could ask Sam, yeah. but, you know, kind of tying that into the seven L framework, right. Which is all about mm -hmm. living life awake, living life on your terms. And I define that yeah. not as, you know, life on my terms, my way or the highway, but, but living in alignment with one's value, true values, right. Passions, mm -hmm. purpose. And the first L is, is listen. And mm -hmm. that's all about, having this inner compass that I believe in when I've interviewed people and you look at the research about success and happiness, people who find their way and, and live their most authentic life are connected to that, that inner compass, right? It's like our GPS that, that guides the way when we pay attention. And as you're telling your story, I mean, there were so many, yes, you, you know, I love the way you described that you got a pass, right? And it sounds like you had, strong parents, you had that foundation, but you also had a lot of, you know, risk factors, even with those protective factors, right. if you will. I'm wondering about your inner compass, this, this ability to listen and, and somehow just follow the right path. I mean, you said when you, you know, many people, once you weren't that star anymore, you didn't have that shoulder. I mean, you weren't going to mm -hmm. get the big, you know, baseball contract. I mean, a lot of people might've said, well, I can make a lot of money, you know, selling drugs or doing, you know, yeah. getting the quick buck yeah. or, um, feeling, losing their self-esteem and, and falling in with the rest of their friends. Oh, look, yeah. You know, it was, it was too good to be true to have a big dream. Right. I can yeah, think of a yeah. million things that could have gone through a young person's head in, in your position. So maybe you can talk about your connection or, or, or listening, or is there, was there something there that inside of you that always felt like maybe you, you, you heard something deeper that kind of guided, guided you and kept you on the, on the right path? Yeah, I think all those things went through my head, uh, everything you just talked about. And you're right, I could have gone one way or the other. Um, but I think my inner listening or my inner voice or my self-talk had always been positive about winning, um, always positive about giving your best effort. Um, my father, who I watched, um, he had three jobs um, all the time. He hung Venetian blinds, rode a cab, and he worked at Domino Sugar sugar refinery, worked in a cut rate, a cut rate liquor store. Um, and he always instilled that work that ethic in me and doing the right thing. So my inner voice was always playing that, you know, I am going to work my way through this. I am going to get through this. Um, I have a great foundation. Um, I believe in taking care of people, not hurting people. Um, all those, all those things were, were in my mind and uh, playing and then having a broad, very strong spiritual background. My mother was an amazing orator and uh, her, her job uh, to open up the concerts, um, she obviously prayed and spoke the word, but she got the crowd riled up and ready to go with the spiritual feeling. And, and that was always, uh, that positivity was always uh, my self-talk. So I think overcoming uh, some of the challenges that I could have faced 
was really uh, a positive mindset, self-talk, and listening to you know my parents who believed in you know hard work, dedication, being passionate about something, and I wanted to find that next thing to be passionate about. Well, which really ties in. I love it. You said that's a perfect segue to the to the second L, which is love, right? And that's mm-hmm. defined by our values, passions. And purpose, and so it seemed like through this, you know, you could call it divine intervention or bad luck. I, you know, it depends on your <laughs> mindset, right? But um, and your parent, I love the way you, that you put that. Some people feel like, you know, a disconnect from that inner compass. Mm-hmm. It sounds like for you, it was it was sort of always there from a young age. It was fostered by your parents, and then those the second L of love, those values, passions, purpose. Um, you know, some people grow up and they realize, wow, you know, I've been influenced by society's values, right? Maybe all about materialism or, you know, you think about social media today or, or negative values. Um, and so it's about clarifying, well, what are my values? What do I believe? And that's sort of the rudder of our boat, right? That guides our decision-making. And it sounds like you also, had strong values that you didn't, you didn't really have to throw away. You grew up in a, maybe a right. rough neighborhood, but the values that you carried uh, sound like maybe they're even still the same values. You've kept those all throughout your life. You didn't really, and you were aware right. of them. You know, some people, uh, they're, they're, they're not really even aware of that. So, so you get to this laundry room and you've got this set of values from your parents, right? And, I, and you'll probably share more and you've, you kind of had to give up one passion, right? And I think you were still looking for your purpose. So, but so right. yeah, say a little bit more now. What was the, this next chapter of the laundry? Yeah. So um, this is an interesting story and I'm glad you used the word love because it's definitely something that I want to share with the, with, with the audience and, and, and talk about it because it was a, a love um, that led me to what I'm doing today, I think. So in, in 12th grade, uh, I had an uncle. Um, his name was Nathan Gundy. He was an air traffic controller. And um, he was really the one who kind of made it out, if you will. And back in those days, there weren't many black uh, air traffic controllers, as you can imagine. And that afforded him an, a lifestyle that was different than ours. He lived in a really nice neighborhood, um, his son, you know, went to a private school and, you know, it was, it was different. And we used to go visit him all the time. And, um, he was just someone that I enjoyed. He cooked, uh, he spoke a different language. He was always that unique person. Um, and, um, I, I used to admire him, um, because he was so different and, um, his exposure and life, uh, lessons were different than the ones that I had experienced. And unfortunately at 50 years old, he dropped dead from a heart attack. Yeah. And uh, that impacted me a ton. And I remember uh, giving my senior project in high school. I did it on being an air traffic controller because I admired him so much. And um, when I had the opportunity then to be in the hospital, in the laundry, uh, it was divine or higher being or maybe that love and passion. I ended up delivering all of the scrubs in the laundry lab coats to the cardiology suite where they did cardiac catheterizations. They did all of the heart procedures going to the heart station and literally, um, you know, finding myself 
uh, in the middle of this explosive heart uh, innovation world where I happen to be at Washington Hospital Center, where it, where it is the premier uh, heart hospital uh, in the space. And um, had a so chance after to... After your meet. uncle had died, sorry to mean to cut yeah. you, but he had already passed yep. away. And here, right. yeah, I, I don't right. think that was coincidence. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it was either. So I find myself right in the middle of that. And um, because of that, um, I really kind of was drawn to the procedures and what they were doing and heard the technicians and the physicians speaking about it and um, got a chance to be an orderly for the heart station in the cardiac cath lab. And because of this passion and remembering my uncle and how you know taken back I was and I wanted to learn more about this heart disease situation, I learned a lot from them. And one day I was uh, talking to a patient about what they're about to experience in their heart catheterization. They get on the table and the tech, the doc were explaining, they go, oh, I'm good. And the doctor said, what do you mean you're good? Um, I've already heard all this. And they were like, well, from who? And they said, the orderly who brought me up here. And they were like, Sam, <laughs> he told you about that. You're going to have a heart catheterization. We're going to go like, through what, your, your arm. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was 19 years old. Exactly right. I was 19 years old. And uh, so that then allowed me to get into the cardiovascular school uh, at the Washington Hospital Center. And it was an amazing, amazing opportunity. That is incredible. So I, you know, I, I love that story when we, you and I had a pre-interview, I don't think you mentioned about your uncle. And so when you think about, you're right, Sam, that second L of, of love, right? Well, first of all, I think we have to love ourselves enough to allow ourselves to follow our authentic path and, and explore that. And then, but it's also loving ourselves enough to allow ourselves to live in alignment, right? With our passions values, purpose. So you, you were growing up, you had the values, right? You had the passion of, of baseball, which then, Mm -hmm. you know, you had to find a new passion. Um, but Mm -hmm. purpose, purpose goes beyond passion. Purpose is about, you know, something we're passionate about, but, but really also being of service. And so talk about being, so here you are 19 years old. I mean, you probably didn't even fully realize it yet, but, but that second L and you were coming in to alignment with your new mm-hmm. pa- all of these things lining up. Right. right and, right. and, and just, just your energy, just the smile on your face right now. I mean, I just want to just acknowledge <laughs> that because it's yeah. what I want the audience to hear. Uh, and, and why, one of the reasons I want to interview you so much was when we're living in alignment and obviously you still are, we're going to, you know, we'll get to more of the story, but you exude this energy, people who are living in alignment, um, just have this energy, right? Are they in the flow and, and life is, um, is going along and things open up. Like you, you know, you were the orderly, you were paying attention, you, uh, which is your passion yeah. and your purpose. And we're in this flow where it's almost like this river is carrying us um, versus the opposite, which, you know, makes me so sad. There's so many individuals who are not in alignment, right? Maybe they're trying to live society's values. You know, if I just drive this car or if I just get this bigger house and then they check all the boxes and they, they still wonder why am I not happy? It all looks good from the outside, but the, the journey and starts from the, from the inside. 
And so people are listening. I think one of the lessons is, you know, just like our body can become out of alignment, we notice it more with if our back hurts, right? We're not walking right. We don't feel good. We don't have the energy. Our, our, our mindset, our spirit, our soul can also get out of alignment. And I can tell you're aligned. It's just this energy just, just flows from you, which is, which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one of the things that I think is, um, so amazing about the journey that I was on is, you know, I had no idea that I would end up in medicine, right? And when you become a cardiovascular technologist, you are the partner of the physician doing these procedures. Uh, you are on call when the patients come in emergently with a heart attack and you have to assist that physician in opening up their arteries. Um, you are on call when the patient comes in with a heartbeat of 20 and you have to put a pacemaker in. Um, and if you can imagine what that does for your self-esteem, if you can imagine what that does for your why in life and um, your purpose, it was amazing. Um, I all of a sudden felt like I was back on top of the world, if you will. I'm giving back to life. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing patients come in that are literally, you know, minutes from dying. And with my hands and the physician's hands and the tools that we were given with devices to put in patients to save their life, it was just amazing. And um, I tell you, I don't think uh, other than being a baseball player, I would have given me more satisfaction than being a medical device professional. And I will tell you, it is one of the best careers, the best jobs in the world. And after doing that for almost seven years, um, I got a chance to then move into industry and actually be a part of developing the innovation, launching the innovation, bringing the innovation to patients and physicians and hospitals all around uh, the U.S. And again, that's the next chapter, uh, really being this medical sales professional um, that I really love and uh, I consider one of the best careers in the space. Which is incredible. And there's a couple, you know, gems there in what you said. And, and I, I, I want to go back to something in a second. But um, the, the third L is layers, right? What do we have mm -hmm. to work through? What do we have to let go of, right? So layers mm -hmm. are the, the potential obstacles that could stop us in our journey. Um, what, and things that we have to let go of. And also yeah. what we need to bring in, right? Whether it's yeah. new skills new people. I mean, you obviously, you surrounded yourself by, you know, these mentors, different people. So it's about letting go and bringing in so that then we can go to the fourth L, which is leap, right? And some of those leaps are small. Sometimes they're, they're big. Um, just, you know, you just folding the things right and talking to the patient. I mean, you were taking little leaps that you weren't even aware of, but right. what would you say to, 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 you know, focus on the layers for a second. Um, maybe it was letting go of the dream of baseball. I don't know. But what do you think was the biggest layer in terms of working through? I don't know if it was self-esteem or believing that, mm -hmm. you know, you were good enough or letting go of your old dream. The biggest layer yeah. that you had to work through that was, could have been potentially a stopper for you. And what was the biggest layer that you brought in to help you continue on that path, whether it was different mindset or like mm -hmm. I said, people mm -hmm. or mentors. So what did you have to work through and, and bring in? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is a great question because um, I've never thought about it as layers, but there's certainly many layers that um, I had to overcome. Like the big one was, did I belong? Um, was I educated enough? Because again, the one thing that I probably didn't mention is that I was one of the youngest uh, uh, people that they've ever let go to the cardiovascular school without, at a minimum, an associate's degree. So I didn't have any formal education up to that point other than a couple of community college uh, courses. Um, and um, so I was very blessed that they saw enough value in me to allow me to go uh, to that cardiovascular school without an associate's degree. So I had to really overcome that, that I didn't have that, that proper education, if you will, uh, to be sitting in the room doing anatomy and physiology, uh, doing all these things that uh, allow you to get prepared to be a cardiovascular technologist. Um, so that was one of the layers. Also had to get over the fact that, you know, I was African-American, right? And um, in the cardiac cath lab back at, at that point, fortunately, there were a lot of uh, diversity. This uh, leader, Dr. Augusto Pichard, um, actually, uh, one of his strategies was going to get people uh, of color and people who were hungry, if you will, to come and work in the cardiac cath lab. And they started you out, you know, in environmental services, or they started you out in, in the laundry, or they started you out uh, in the cafeteria of the hospital, and then you made it to an orderly, and then you kind of went through the succession, if you will. Um, but I got a chance to accelerate my career and do some leaps and get to that next level um, and I had to share, shed that layer that um, really probably would have held me back that I'm not good enough. And um, I actually turned that into a positive and said, not only am I not good enough, I'm going to finish at the top of my class. And I will tell you, more than I've ever studied and committed myself to anything, I was actually the number one graduate in that class. And uh, I felt so good. It's the first time I've ever been number one in anything academic. <laughs> and, but I had to shed all those thoughts. Yeah. I mean, what allowed you to do that, Sam? What, what, what is it? Maybe it was, was it the success that you'd experienced, you know, with baseball? Like, so you've had a, you had a taste of, you know, well, there's competitiveness there, right? You don't want to lose. Yeah. I mean, do you yeah. think it was all those things from your past that, because some people yeah. might just like believe believe that mindset and and crumble right and go away mm -hmm. or I won't be accepted or I'm not smart enough or whatever. Um, right. What what allowed you to to have that? Spirit? You know, I think yeah, it, it clearly in my mind now that I am where I am and I still think about it all the time and sometimes I even dream about it. Um, I never wanted to go backwards. I, I, I've always said that my motivation every day waking up, being as driven as I'm driven, is that I never want to go back. I never want to go back uh, to feeling um, like I wasn't good enough. I never want to go back to that environment where people were degraded and demoralized and asked to do things that were compromising and certainly did not have a high ethical standard. Um, I never wanted to put myself back in that environment ever again. And so I think that was a motivation for me and still is a motivation for me. And someone taught me a long time ago, if you do something, um, 
and it can't be on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> um, and um, I think that's one of my compasses as well. And I always tell uh, the people who work with me to have the highest ethical standards and do things right always, because uh, if something were exposed, you want to make sure you're on the good side of that and not the bad side of that. So again, never want to go back uh, to where, uh, unfortunately, I learned a lot of my lessons. I always say, you know, if, if you're not growing, you're going backwards, right? There's no such <laughs> yeah, thing right. as being stagnant. And so, you know, so, so you worked through that and that's a, that's a big layer. And then that allowed mm-hmm. you to, to, to start leaping and there can be some contagion or momentum, right? And I always tell yeah. people, you think, yeah. you know, we don't just, you don't, don't just count the, the big leaps, right? Just if, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes people get stuck from even moving forward because they're thinking, well, about the how, you know, I always say, focus on what you want, not how you're going to get there. You know, if somebody says, I want to travel the world. Well, how would I ever afford it? Well, how could I do that? You know, shift it to, if you don't have a passport, just get the passport, passport. right? So mm-hmm. it's focus on the, the what versus the how, and the next step will start, you know, un- veiling itself and you seem like a part like you said this wasn't even this wasn't even in your plan really but it's like each stone revealed itself as you you know so yeah maybe say a little bit about does that feel i see you nodding does that feel resonates with you as well because i I mean you've probably met people they just they're paralyzed because they're they're just so focused on that big leap but they don't see the path to get there that they just don't even get started yeah. You know, it's interesting that you position that way because um, I knew after being in, in the cardiac cath lab that I wanted to do more. I saw industry people coming in. I saw physicians coming in with innovation. I uh, met a lot of those physicians that were bringing new technology uh, to the forefront. And they often had someone with them uh, that had a business background or medical background that were on that journey. And so um, at the Washington Hospital Center, you were able to, uh, through the American University, get uh, a scholarship program where you had a reduced tuition to go to American University. And so I took advantage of that, um, went to night school, and I can tell you it was tough because the way I scheduled my life was I would uh, work in a cath lab like from six to noon, then go to school, then come back to the cardiac cath lab because we're doing cases all day or emergencies all day. Um, I would work in the cath lab, then I maybe take one more class and then I would come back because we were putting these tubes in the growing uh, in the femoral artery, we had to take them out after so many hours. So then I would come back and pull the sheaths, if you will. And so for my cardiac cath lab friends, you know what I'm talking about (laughs) to come back and do that. And um, I'll give you a sense of how hard I worked. Um, my salary was $10.03 an hour, and I made like 80 grand a year while going to school because I worked so hard. Yeah, yeah. And had that just passion to get it done and, and, and better myself. And, you know, I had to pay for school. I had to pay for my own apartment. I had to pay for my own car. I had to pay for everything. I didn't have any, you know, you know unfortunately, scholarships or monies coming from other places. So that work ethic is really what I'm talking about. That really, you know, was the the key proponent for me. And I didn't let 
time or hours or anything get in the way of that. I said, I have to get it done in, in, in order to better myself and to position myself for the future to get into industry and do other things that I want to do in life. Isn't it amazing, Sam? Would you say it's it's interesting? I can just I can just picture you, right? Oh, I got to go to class. I got to rush back. I got to do this. And sometimes, right? And and uh, you know, we're younger sometimes in those in those phases and the energy. But but it's also when you're passionate and you're mm-hmm. in that flow. And somehow yeah. it it you know it just it all it all seems to work. It's as if the you know the the variables or the the momentum. Um, it, it, I think sometimes it's when you look back and you think, how did I get all that done? I mean, is that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you like, yeah, look at that. I mean, but I, at the time you probably, you were just so in the flow. Uh, it's almost like the more you do, it's just energy begets energy and carries you right. through. Yeah. I think, you know, you said it best that, you know, once you get on this momentum, good things just start happening to you at an exponential rate. And a lot of times you don't even ask for them. Like I never asked for a lot of things. I just had this, you know, success rate of getting things done, work ethic, and people saw that. And then they always said, okay, Sam, you want to do this next? You want to do this next? You want to do this next? And uh, I will tell you my professional career in medical device sales, um, I really, you know, this may sound corny, but I have never asked for the next job. People have always come to me and say, you're ready for the next job. And, uh, and, and let's go do it. And I will say that uh, one of the things that is so important as you are going through your career journey, you have to be a journeyman or journeywoman or journey person in your career. So I've done marketing, I've done uh, ops, I've done um, uh, HR, I've done all these different roles to really get myself prepared for leadership. And um, now that um, we are talking about really that next phase of my life, which was uh, after becoming a a very good salesperson, I sought after this leadership role, which is really, uh, in my mind, one of the best jobs ever. Uh, Leading people, helping people develop, helping people do more than they ever thought they could do uh, in a role in life, uh, in their personal life and professional life is something that I enjoy like you wouldn't believe. Well, I can just, I can feel it. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. plan to, you know, write a book. I, 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 you, <laughs> I just, I was thinking about you know, and as you're talking and I'm thinking the, the title is uh, Laundry to Leader. <laughs> <laughs> Laundry to Leadership. Laundry to Leader. I mean, I just, it just <laughs> popped in my head, but you, you know, and it's yeah. funny, Sam, I, without even maybe realizing as you just uh, put all that together, you really just talked about really the last three L's of the framework, right? Which uh, one is land, right? So as we go through, and you said, you you know, you often stop and reflect. And I think there's a couple things there. It's so important. We, as we go through and we take these leaps, it is important to pause periodically because one will burn out, right? Two, it, it's about t- taking inventory and seeing, wow, where have I arrived, right? As we take right. these leaps, how does, how does this feel, Right. It can be an opportunity to just be in the moment and also just to express gratitude. Right. About yeah. being in the, in the present. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll mention these couple and then I'll, I'll let you respond. But I, you know, in my framework, I, I, I talk about the importance of land because we can't just constantly be leaping. Right. And mm-hmm. whether that's just a moment of reflection or, you know, you know taking more time to really 
look and see where have we landed. It's also an opportunity, which is the sixth L, which is, which is learn. And you, you just mentioned that in such a way when we were going on our journey, there's learnings along the way. Um, and I, I so believe that, right, as we begin to level up to look at where we're going next, uh, and often maybe we're intimidated or those little, those, you know, negative things can creep back in. Am I educated enough? Am I, you know, enough, enough, whatever it is. Um, we can reflect back on our journey and say, you know what, I may not have been exactly here before, but, you know, I started in a laundry room, right? And I went, got to here. I can certainly go from here to the next exactly. place, right? And so I think so often um, as humans, we, we, we don't take the time. We're, we're rushing so much. And I, and I hear you. You're busy and you are focused on the skills and the, and, and the process. But I wonder what you would say about, um, well, those two L's, about landing and just reflecting and maybe appreciating and expressing gratitude for our journey and being in the, in the present Mm -hmm. with that and about it being an opportunity to, to think about what we've learned. Right. And you've actually shared some of those learnings, you know, today it's about Mm -hmm. using them for courage for ourselves, but also so that we can share those learnings with others. And then the last L just tie this in. I'll, I'll let you respond is, is level up. Right. And so your level, I mean, your energy, you're, you, you are leveling up or you have leveled up, but that next plateau. And, and with that, sometimes we, we don't always know what that next plateau is. We can't plan everything. It's not no. until we get right to a certain peak and then we go, oh, aha, that's, that's the next natural place for me, for me to go. Or the place sometimes maybe it calls to us. You, you said you, you know, you've never tried out for a job. Like sometimes I feel like when we're in that flow, that next natural thing sort of speaks and, and calls to us. And if we're doing all those right things, we're leaping and landing and learning and working through layers, um, yeah. when we're ready to level up, it's sort of, you know, that, that sort of appears for us. So I'll, I'll yeah. stop there and yeah. let you react. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a new L. It's life. <laughs> this is life, right? This is what life is all about. And I love this term, and I learned this term quite a bit ago, and I'm trying to remember the book that I read uh, around this because I'm not the original author of this term, but I call it conscious competence. And you go through life um, really not understanding things. Things are happening to you. um, And if you don't reflect and stop and say, okay, how did that happen? How did I do that? Can I reproduce that? And if I'm ever in this situation again, I want to remember that skill set or this thing so that I can do it the same way because that had a really good outcome. And so this conscious competence that I think about all the time speaks to everything you talked about, about leveling up, about, you know, stopping to reflect, um, understanding where you are in life. And then making sure that you are doing the things to make sure that your journey continues to go in the right trajectory. And um, I believe that now at 58 years old, gosh, can't believe that, (laughs) 58 years old, um, I am at a level now where, you know, you do things because you understand the cause and the effect. You engage in things because you understand the impact. Um, You allow yourself uh, to be around certain individuals because you want to be around them and they bring you the energy and they are in your uh, sphere that that allow you to continue on this positive journey. 
And, you know, when I was younger, I really didn't know that, you know, very well. And so you do, you do have things creep in your life that can derail you. Um, but getting to that conscious confidence level is uh, an amazing place to be. And um, I think for uh, the sake of this conversation, it's how you continue to go to that next level. You know, once you once you re- reach this confidence level, and um, and so I'm already planning for uh, the back half of my life's journey, which I really didn't plan for much of this before that. Everything kind of came in circumstances and opportunities, and I saw opportunities, so you went after it. Um, but but now, you know, I'm really thinking through. Okay, this is where I want to be next, and you know, I'll give you some insight to this. It's all about helping and giving back and helping people like myself realize that they can accomplish anything, anything they want. Which still at the base, I love that, Sam. It's like you are still the thread of all of this is this this constant theme of living your life in alignment with your values, Mm -hmm. passions, purpose. They, They can look a little different right? You know, I tell a story, I'm an entrepreneur and I I love to help people. And my first business, I sold baby mice to a pet store, right? I'm still a business person. I would teach kids about animals and, uh, and it's like, it looks different now, (laughs) but there's this core, right? And you, um, starting off and educating those patients as they were going to the surgery. And now, I mean, being passionate about giving back that, that thread. And so you're very clear on your values, you know, on your passions and your purpose. So it refines and tweaks. Um, but you, you, you're, you're, you know, it's like you're tweaking your sales, right. And, and maybe charting your course is the, the next shore, maybe a little different, but, um, but you are definitely, and go to go back to your, um, life, right. So one of the things I always say is it's about living life awake, right. Awake. You are so awake, Right. And I think um, that life aspect. And so the the seven L's really is all about when you bundle it up is about living life on your terms. And and again, I don't mean Mm -hmm. my way or the highway or your way, way, you know, living in alignment, right. Living in alignment. And I I love that term that, so that land and that learn is really about that conscious um, path that you're talking about and then leveling up and being, ready for it. Because as you said, if you're, you know, if we're not growing, you, you never want to go back. And no, so it's, no. it's this balance of being in the present, but being excited about the future That's and, right. yeah. you know, and, and keeping it, keeping it big. I mean, um, is there more that you want to say about that level up? I know it's all about giving, giving back. Is there a specific way yeah. you see that or role? Well, I mean, you know, the, the one thing that um, it's interesting, I, I remember when I first started, I was probably in my 20s, 30s and really started doing well. And um, I always thought, wow, I'm going to retire. You know, I want to I want to work till I'm 55 and then I'm going to retire because that's, you know, if you can retire at 55, you've made it. And now at 58, I'm going, boy, that would be the last thing I should do because I'm actually actually know something now <laughs> and I can actually contribute in so many different ways. And, and so leveling up to me now is, you know, helping develop, uh, teaching, 
um, creating environments for family, friends, um, people who want to do things they never thought they could do before, uh, allowing myself to, you know, give back on boards and uh, helping people start companies, whatever it takes um, to really be engaged, because that is what, in my mind, to me is kind of that that final, it's not that a final chapter, but you know, that's when you, in my mind, it's a free spirit of, of being able to, to just share everything that you've done. And you're not worried about competition. You're not worried about, oh my gosh, this person will get my trade secrets. You're not worried about any of that stuff because, you know, you, you're at a point where you can do that. And um, that's where I am mentally. Um, that's where I think leveling up kind of peaks itself, if you will. And, um, you know, I feel like you're at that point because you're doing this talk show and you're sharing and giving back. I mean, you could be, you know, relaxing by the pool, if you will, or doing it on your boat. Well, I am on the pool, that's life on <laughs> my terms, right? I get to do the work right. that I love with people that I love in a place that I exactly. love. That's that's how exactly. I define it for me, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I moved to Miami. I live, my, I live in Miami. I you know, I, I love coming home to Miami on Fridays uh, and living where I want to live and living on my own terms and and uh, but but working hard and, and staying focused and understanding that, you know, achievement is is critical. Um, but all those things are are Debbie ups for me, not Debbie downs. They 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 give me energy. So Oh, and it's there. And I love that you said yeah. that we could do a whole nother episode, I think, Sam, because, you know, so often people just think about. Um, their career. And I used to be really focused on helping people, you know, look at their career and what would be a good fit. But you're right, our life, right, to create a whole life, and I mean, like a whole life, um, is so much more than our career. It is, it's about where do you live? And how do you want to live? And, and who do you want to work with? And, and retirement, you know, I think is about, and it's defined so differently now, is uh, about options, right? And about options, being able right. to do, right? I mean, it's, you can choose to work and do work that's giving you energy. So um, mm-hmm. I, think you're, I think you're right there. It's just a different, you know, it's a different definition of uh, right. it's having, yeah, having the options. And mm-hmm. let me ask you, well, um, I, I could talk to you for so much more, but I want to be respectful of your time. What would be um, I have two two questions for you. As you look back, you've had such an amazing life, and and really, I think uh, you're you're just getting started, right? So this whole there's this whole other level up chapter. But as you look back, I mean, what does it feel like? Because I want the audience when you're living in alignment and you haven't had this perfect path, and I love that you said that. I think it makes people so much more interesting when it's not a perfect line. But what does it feel? What does it feel like to be to be Sam, to be living, having lived this journey, be where you are. Um, I, I don't mean in a braggy way, but but you are truly living in alignment with your passions, values, purpose. What what does that feel like for you? Yeah, I'm going to use this term, and I didn't create this, but this is how I I, I live my life. But also, um, I talk about this in my organization to help people realize that you know this life game, if you will, or, or what we're doing, um, it's, it's an infinite game and it's, it's not a finite game. And when you live your life in finite games, it's about winning and losing. 
And winning and losing is just not a very positive way in my mind uh, to kind of approach things because when you lose, um, you just go down and things are really bad. When you win, oftentimes it's temporary. It's a temporary high, right? Because now you got to get back in the game again and then, oh my gosh, I may win or I may lose. When you think about life as an infinite game, it's always happening. You're not worried about really getting out of the game because you know it's continuous and things will change. People will enter. Circumstances will happen. But because you know it's infinite, you know, okay, fine. That's that piece of it that's coming into this game today. Um, and I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to cope with it. I'm going to, you know, deal with it. And, 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 and because the infinite game is, is always going on and that's how I live my life. And that's where I feel like I am in this journey is that it's infinite. It's never going to stop. And doesn't that and allow you, as I was thinking of, uh, of a quote, something I like to share, which is, you know, take the judgment out of your journey and replace it with joy. Mm -hmm. Like when you sure. do that, yeah. when you're not so, you know, uh, you know, binary like that. I mean, it allows yeah. us more joy, right? So is there, right. is that a word that you would describe for yourself? Is it joy? Like if you were to sum it up? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely feel. joy. It's, it's, it's being, in, yeah, how I feel, I feel happy. I feel uh, rewarded. I feel grateful. Um, I feel blessed. Uh, all those things. And the, all those things give me joy. I feel great that I have three grandchildren, that I have two wonderful boys. Um, I have my sister, my brother. Unfortunately, my parents died at a young age, but, you know, um, I still talk to them. I, you know, I'm very spiritual and, and you know, all those things. I have a beautiful wife who uh, is just uh, an amazing person who gives me uh, so many pieces of her and I give so many pieces of myself to her and we are you know, lockstep and on the same page and living the full life. And, um, you know, that brings me all the joy. And I have a career that's, you know, booming and, and I don't want it to stop. I mean, if we could, you know, I, I don't know when I'll work to, but this is never going to be over because, it, again, I see it as an infinite game. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm happy and joy is definitely one of the words I would use. And the last question I have, Sam, is what is then your biggest piece of advice. So somebody listening to this to kind of like distill it down, it's so hard to one gem, right? Yeah. But after, you know, this conversation, and I'm just thinking about that young boy um, in Baltimore mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, being on this path and these different forks in the road or things, you know, that challenges, et cetera. Um, if there was one piece of advice you could, you know, sort of give your younger self or younger people, yeah. um, what would it be? Yeah, I don't think it's one word. I think it's a kind of a combination of, you know, first of all, um, believe in yourself and be true to yourself. Don't lie to yourself and really understand where you are at that moment. And then make some plans and make some goals and dream and dream big. Uh, dreaming is something I do all the time. And believe it or not, a lot of my dreams have come true. And so I would say dream big and go after it and don't let anyone get in your way. That's what I would say. That is awesome. And I think that is the, the perfect place to wrap this up, Sam. You've been so wonderful to talk with. I, I feel like we could do a whole series on, <laughs> on life, right? And uh, right. 
break all these things down, I really appreciate your time. If people want to find you, what is the, is LinkedIn the best place? If they want to look you up and find you, what is the best place to direct them? Yeah, LinkedIn is a, is a great place. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I love that, that medium. Uh, I think it's a great way for professionals to find each other, talk to each other, learn from each other. Um, and, and certainly I'm very active there, so I would say LinkedIn for sure. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you very much, Glenn. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life on Your Terms. I hope you'll follow me on social, subscribe to the podcast, and check out all the ways that I can support your journey at loytinnercompass.com. In the meantime, I hope you have the courage to live life on your terms. <laughs>